Welcome to Pursuing Holiness. My name's Ruth Conlon. Today we're going to be talking about the power of two. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your grace and your mercy. We thank you for your wisdom, knowledge and understanding. We thank you, dear Lord, that you said in your word that we're two or three are gathered together in your name, that you are present. So we thank you for being present today and we commit the rest of our day and our week into your hands. And we pray that let your perfect will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I felt so blessed yesterday. Virtually, I got some texts back from a very close and dear sister of mine. And I don't know about you, but there's people that have been placed in your life that just stir up the gift within you. And this sister is just one of those people. Every time we speak or every time we get close together or every time we fellowship about God... There's something about her anointing and something about the presence of God that she carries that stirs up the gift within me. And it brings me alive and it and it, it just ignites me. It's as if it strikes a match and brings everything within me to life. And I just want to minister. I just want to love. I just want to press in. And, you know, she's the kind of person you would want to go in battle with. She's actually the dynamite that God uses in my life to strike a match and, and set me on fire. But you know, what you realize when you encounter people who stir up the gift inside of you is that you also have people that quench the gift of God inside of you, that operate in contradiction. And sometimes we stick around these people. It's so tempting to sabotage our destiny and our promise that God has for us to satisfy the limited view that people have of us. It's so easy to say, I like your company so much that even though you don't believe in the God that's operating in my life, my relationship with you is more important than what God says about my life. And I've been, just in the same way that I've been in situations where people ignite the gift inside of me and they stir it up and they cause me to want to press in, I've been around people that when they see me or when they see me operating in the gift of God, they look at me like, well, you're awkward. Oh, this is uncomfortable. You're embarrassing. Oh, you shouldn't be doing this. And the funny thing about it is, Whose report will you believe? Will you believe the report that God has told you and the gift that he's put inside of your belly? Or will you believe the report of how people reject you and don't accept you and don't accept the gift of God within you? And I've had to learn through experience and painful experience to eliminate people and disconnect myself from people that want to sabotage the gift of God inside of my life or want to cause me to believe myself, to belittle myself, or belittle what God wants me to do. And we can see this in scripture, we can see the story about Joseph, and, you know, as a young child, he was arrogant, he's like, yes, I can see my mother and father and my brothers bowing to me, and I'm, you know, running things, I'm, I'm in control, and I'll be in charge, and, and, 
and you could see instantly they wanted to sabotage through envy and jealousy they wanted to sabotage what God had planned to do in his life but even their plans to sabotage what God planned to do in their lives brought him into that place of promise and so sometimes even the people that reject us the people that judge us the people that envy us and who might even be around us but are not for us and we have to understand that sometimes we could be with people that are not for us but they might be what we're for so we might be for passionate about God and they're around us because they're passionate about God it doesn't mean that they're passionate about you so that's why it's very important to be discerning about the people and the company that you keep and discerning about who you give your dream to who you share your vision with it's important and I found out in my life that I have people that I can trust people that I've had a long relationship with, that I can share things with, who believe in what God has placed into my belly and who believe in what God has said and requires of me to do and who press me and push me to that place of fulfillment. But it's also tempting to stay in that place where we're in relationships that say, don't do what God has told you to do because I don't believe in you. I don't believe in you and I don't believe anything good can come out of you. And sometimes this can be heartbreaking. And sometimes in order to please the people that reject us and don't accept what God's doing in our lives, we conform and start to believe the lies that is being told by the enemy. We start believing that their doubt should be our doubt and maybe we've got the promises of God in our lives wrong. But it's not that we have the promises of Christ in our lives wrong. And it's not even at times that people want to be vindictive. But when God calls us, he calls us by name. He calls us by name and he's designed us before we were even created. Designed us to do his work, to worship him and to love him and to fulfill his commission on earth. And so often that call, especially for those around us and even close to us, can look like well that's like a pipe dream it's like a dream that's totally out there but we have to fill ourselves and feed our dreams and feed our visions with people and environments that will nurture it and allow it to grow and flourish and come to pass sometimes the place of pursuing God's promise and dream for your life is a lonely place but it's only lonely when we forget that it's in that place of solitude that we're able to stay and fellowship and commune with God and he is able to fulfill everything concerning our lives. Throughout my journey towards fulfilling God's promise in my life or making myself available for him to fulfill his promise in my life, God has placed me in the midst of a variety of people who have blessed me on the way, who have encouraged me on the way, who spurred me on and even challenged me to go a step deeper or further than I would even attempt to myself. And it's so essential that we have life-giving, Holy Ghost-filled believers around us who will spur us on, especially when times of discouragement, self-doubt and low esteem try to sabotage God's promise in our lives. We see in Matthew chapter 18, verses 18 to 19, 
Truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it shall be done by my Father in heaven. There's such a power in agreement, and it's not just a verbal agreement. There's a, there's a unity when your hearts are one and you come into agreement on the promises of God and fulfilling God's promises in agreement and alignment with him that brings to birth things. We even see that in the, the, when they were building the Tower of Babel, they were agreeing even for negativity and it was coming to pass. And God had to change their tongues and bring a disunity in their language in order for them not to fulfill their task. Let alone us as believers coming together and believing what God can do in our lives and in our communities to transform and to bring life. I remember the story of Mary, the mother of Jesus, when she was pregnant and she went to see her cousin Elizabeth, who was also pregnant with John the Baptist. And as she came towards Elizabeth, her baby, Elizabeth's baby, jumped and leaped in the belly. And it was like as if, for me, Elizabeth's promise was stirred by Mary's promise of salvation, which was Jesus in her belly. And when we come alongside like-minded people and partner with like-minded people, there's a power and a stirring of our gifts and our promises that God has given us that jumps and leaps inside of us. And the more we stay around people that ignite the fire of God and the power of God in our hearts, our minds, and our souls, the more we are energized and equipped and given the fuel to be able to bring to pass all that God has given us in our bellies. Because yes, God gives us a word, but then he also requires us to walk in partnership with him through the leading of the Holy Spirit to bring that word to pass. We have to be discerning to understand who's around us and the purpose of them being around us. Is it, are they around us to fulfill God's promises, for us to partner in fulfilling God's promises? Or are they drawing us away from God's promises, either leading us into a place of sin or rebellion, or even leading us in a place of complacency where they've rejected us? And in agreement, we start to reject ourselves. We have to ask ourselves, who stirs up the gift of God inside of us? Who has God placed around our lives to be able to cheer us on so that the promises of God can be fulfilled in our lives? Who is around us? Or do we have more people who put us down, try to make us feel ashamed of ourselves and try to limit what God wants us to do. I don't know about you, but I've been in situations and places where I've been praying and praying and really seeking God for difficult situations in my life or where my spiritual life seems to be getting dry or I just can't get through and I... And God will just grace me with someone who starts to pray with me, starts to walk with me, and all of a sudden, something that I've been praying for for months breaks in one second and that's why isolation and isolating ourselves from the brethren can stop us from actually fulfilling God's purposes in our lives because two of us 
just like it says in Psalm 68:35. One can put down a thousand to flight, but two can put ten thousand. So ten of us can do so much wonders for the work of God. And I just want us to just feel encouraged, even some of you that feel like you haven't got anybody around you or can't locate anybody around you, I just want you to feel free to just call an email and let's just agree on God's promises that he has over your life and your destiny. I love that gospel song. It just it goes like, I'm not going to sing it, but I will say the words. It goes, I need you, you need me. We're all a part of God's body. Stand with me, agree with me. We're all part of God's body. It is his will that every need be supplied. You are important to me. I need you to survive. We can see so many times in the Bible where God calls us to love our neighbors, love our brothers. If we don't love the brother who we see, how can we love God? This is found in 1 John 4 verse 20. And we have to also love our brothers and encourage and ignite our brothers and sisters and stir up the gift that's within them, become a fan where we fan the flame that God has ignited in their hearts. We fan it and we we cheer them on to press into the promises that God has given them and not have bad motives and intentions. And even if jealousy and envy arises, just seeking God to just transform our hearts and to recognize who we are. Because envy and jealousy arises when we forget who we are and what our promises are in Christ. Throughout my journey and even my ministry journey from working with young people, I've seen so many people come in and out of my life and some of them have been in my life for their own motives and for selfish motives and other people have been there so that God's purposes can be fulfilled. But in all of the journeys I've learned to discern and I've learned to be grateful for the people that God has put in my life to cheer me on and to encourage me when I'm down. When we go into Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verses 9 to 12 it says two are better than one because they can have a good return for their labor for if even one of them falls The one will lift up his companion. But woe to the one who falls when there is not another to lift him up. Furthermore, if two lie down together, they keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? And if one can overpower him, who is alone? Two can resist him. A cord of three strands is not quickly torn apart. Here we can see the power of two. The power of two to encourage us when we go down. Encourage us and speak life into our hearts and our minds when we see that there's no way out. To be able to help us to stand strong and stand tall. We also see that in the story when Jesus healed the paralytic. In Mark 2 from verse 1 it says, When he came back from Capernaum, Several days afterwards, it was heard that he was at home and many were gathered together so that there was no longer room, not even near the door. And he was speaking the word to them 
And they came, bringing him a paralytic, carried by four men, being unable to get to him because of the crowd. They removed the roof above him, and when they had dug an opening, they let down the pallet on which the paralytic was lying. And Jesus, seeing their faith, said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. But some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, Why does this man speak that way? He is blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? I love the two the two narratives within this scripture, the two stories. You get the two you get the friends that seeing the need of their friends were willing to pay the price opened up a roof and started to climb the wall to try and get their friends to the presence of God. And that's what we're called to do. We're called to, when we see our friends and we see Christians and believers in a difficult situation, God calls us to be that person who will be able to climb the wall, who will be able to pay the price to get them out of that situation, to get them out of that dark place to join them in intercession, to intercede for them, to pray with them, to encourage them, to give them hope and and, and an expectation that God is faithful to fulfill his promises and he's faithful to fulfill his word over their lives. And we can see that they pay the price. It would have cost them something. They would have had to walk with their friend knowing that, yes, they might be judged, they might be even ridiculed because of what they're doing, but they believed so much and they came in agreement with him by partnering with him and getting him through the roof to be right in the center of the building at the presence of Christ in order for him to be healed. And then in contrast, we see the Pharisees who start thinking, oh, why is he doing this? Does he have, does he have, who gives him the right to forgive? How can you say that the sins are forgiven? It's blaspheme. And sometimes we see ourselves in circumstances where people judge our motives and judge our intentions. And even in circumstances like that, we still have to love, we still have to love, and we still have to intercede and present them to God. So today, I just want us to value the people that God has put around us, value the people that love us, value the people that are paying the price daily to get us into the presence of God. Value them by calling them, encouraging them, lifting them up in prayer, and also in believing in what God has put in their hearts, walking with them, even in the places of doubt and insecurity, walking in faithfulness and in love, and stirring up that gift, stirring up that gift that God has put inside of each of us. Father God, we just want to thank you. We thank you for your seed of righteousness. We thank you for your promises that you've planted into our hearts. We thank you for the words that have been spoken over our lives and our destinies. And Lord, we just come into agreement with you now, not only for our dreams, but for the dreams of our brothers and sisters, that Father God, we pray that you will use us, dear Lord, to stir the gifts that you have planted inside their hearts so that they could bring it to pass. Father God, show us people around us that may feel lonely and discouraged, that may not even believe themselves and may have even rejected the promises that you've given them. Father God, make us a light in the darkness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So let us embrace the power that God has given us 
of two and three gathering together. Let's empower each other and people that may look lonely and broken and even want to reject fellowship. Let's love each other and let's empower each other so that we can make changes in our lives and our communities and in our churches. Thank you for taking time out to just join us at Pursuing Holiness. Do check us out on the website or email us if you need us to join you in prayer. The website is www.pursuingholiness.org. Have a blessed week.